0: Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show, only on the 4i Radio
1: Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com.
2: Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling me.
0: tells
3: some trouble. My spider sense is becoming trouble. My spider sense is tingling. I'm turning my spider sense off. My spider sense is <laughs> tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider Man podcast where we dive into every Spider Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? It is, and it's telling me we've multiplied. To listen to this show, find us on 4 and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. And we'd just like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, and... Katie and Jason. Thank you. Thank you. And we are back at the very first Spider-Man show or very first Spider-Man cartoon well, and show very first Spider-Man television appearance of all time. <laughs> the Spider-Man 1967 show. Uh, and we're very happy to be back here. I'm sure not to speak for you, Doug, but I'm sure you're happy to be back. I'm here too.
2: miserable. <laughs>
3: But as uh, if you remember back when we were did the first half of this season uh we did say we we're going to have guests on for every episode of the 67 Spider-Man show just you know to get some different voices and perspectives on this fascinating and weird and wild show uh or you know maybe to inflict it on people who've never seen it before <laughs>
2: <laughs> that one's my favorite
3: yeah yeah so uh without further ado today we have two guests with us actually kevin and joel who are the hosts of the may the power protect you podcast how are you guys kevin and joel great
1: <laughs> i was waiting for kevin and he didn't it's go So off <laughs> i was doing the southern thing i was being polite and letting, letting my partner go first but you oh. know what? It's good. We're we're good.
3: We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a great start. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well. All right. Uh, the both of you, whichever one wants to answer first, can. You'll. You just have to race to, for the finish for this. Uh, what's your background with Spider-Man, and then more specifically, uh, the '67 Spider-Man cartoon, if mm-hmm.
1: any? What's oh. a Spider-Man? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We got one. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Um, no, I. I mean, I was a '90s kid, so I grew up with the Fox Kids era, of the Spider-Man cartoon, um, and a little bit of Spider-Man 2099. Uh, loved, watched all the movies growing up, played some of the video games, but never was like a big Spider-Man fan. It was one of those things where I was like, "Ooh, I like this stuff. I'll watch it when it's on," but I wouldn't actively always seek it out. Um, I actually, have never seen the 67 cartoon except in meme format. Ooh. uh so this was an experience getting to see this for the first time. But yeah. that's my history of Spider-Man.
0: Nice. So similar to Kevin, like my first exposure was the 90s cartoon as well. Um, that's kind of what opened my eyes to all of the Marvel stuff because I grew up a DC kid. Oh. Um, so that was kind of my first exposure to everything. Um obviously stuck through like other iterations of the movies once I've come through. Um and also this was my first exposure to the sixty-seven cartoon. I know the memes as well, but this is the first episode I've ever seen. Yeah. So. Nice! <laughs>
2: It's so fun because sometimes we get folks who've seen, like, a Spider-Man series, and sometimes we get people who've seen all of them, and sometimes we've seen people who've only seen new stuff, sometimes we've seen people who've only seen old stuff. Like, it's fun to get such a mix of people, especially for this particular show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure.
3: Yeah, well, I'll be interested in what y'all have to say about uh, these episodes because they're definitely, definitely not the not the normal kind of uh, stories you'd expect from Spider-Man. I would say, but <laughs> if you'd like to watch along with us, uh, this is still, unfortunately, not super easy to find. At least not in a legal way. Uh, it's not legally streaming anywhere yet. Ho- hopefully, it'll change in the future, but not there yet. Uh, and the DVDs are unfortunately like really expensive, so. If you can find a DVD, grab it because they're out of print. But otherwise, you just kind of have to go to all the illegal places that I'm sure you can think of to find it. (laughs) Uh, But this episode of Spider-Man 1967, we're watching. It's season one, episode 11. The first segment we are talking about is entitled The Night of the Villains. The synopsis, per me, is a baddie recreates historical foes to fight Spidey.
2: <gasps> what a kind synopsis with my spoiler-phobic self in mind.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's mostly <laughs> to set up a joke for the sec- the synopsis for the second segment, so we'll get there. Uh, the oh, original no. air date <laughs> was November 18th, 1967.
2: Yes. Well, I will spoil here because the character highlighted is my favorite. Parafino is back. Uh, He is still voiced by Len Carlson. If you have forgotten, he is the wax guy. Same voice, same guy, same hairdo, and it's beautiful. Um, We get some villains that go with him this time. He he has sort of his own gallery of baddies. Uh, We've got Blackbeard, Jesse James, and the Executioner of Paris, Blackbeard and The Executioner are voiced by guys we've already talked about, so Ed McNamara, who if you do not recall is the husband of Betty Brant's voice actor, Peg Dixon, in this very series, Um, and Max Ferguson, who voiced uh, the iconic Fifth Avenue Phantom, a Spider-Man villain everyone knows, of course. Of course, (laughs) of course. And then Jesse James, this one was actually pretty interesting, voiced by Jack Mather, who's not part of the main voice cast, as far as I can tell. Oh, weird. But worked as a voice actor on Howdy Doody, so it's actually a pretty cool pull for them, because huh. he is voicing a cowboy here.
3: Oh, wow, um, that's so fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. And if you're a Billy Madison fan, he's apparently Old Man Clemens, who's the guy that Billy pranks with a flaming bag of poop, so... Um, <laughs> okay. You know, cool for him, I guess. <laughs> So let's dive into this one. If you have listened to us talk 67 before, you may know this, but we don't go beat by beat for these ones because they're smaller segments. The stories tend to be a little bit lighter. So I will deliver a summary here, um, and uh, the panel might weigh in or hang by. I don't really know what they're going to do, but here's the story of this episode. <laughs> So, this segment opens with Spider-Man failing to stop the theft of a treasure chest full of jade from a freighter at the hands of Blackbeard the Pirate. Uh, it is revealed pretty immediately, however, that Parafino is behind the heist when Blackbeard returns to his wax museum, which is odd because they keep Paraffino in shadow. Like, they don't show who he is, but they show the outside of his museum, so... <laughs> yeah we know yeah um, well okay turned, i have a question
3: yeah. right off the bat then mm-hmm. for joel and kevin because this is you guys' first episode ever i don't know <laughs> no, if- <laughs> a sequel
2: your first episode is a sequel
3: <laughs> right like when you watch this had you like looked back at, at any previous like you know like mm-hmm. done any research or look back at our episodes or anything like that like had, did you have any context mm-hmm. for who the hell parafino could possibly be at all
0: <laughs> no i i was shocked to learn right now that this is a recurring character very show.
2: He appears nowhere else. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he That's needs to be it? in the in the new MCU Spider-Man movie, obviously. Yes, I obviously.
2: Agree. Did I put all of the House of Wax and House of Wax-related movies on hold at the library because of Parafino? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. Okay. I have an idea, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, similar to Joel, I went in blind. I was like, you know what? Let's see what this is. And when I saw the title, I was like, okay, so I guess it's like a Sinister Six type thing? Or like, are they going to bring in, like, you, <laughs> you know, the when, others? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, Blackbeard appeared, and I was like, ah, uh, well. <laughs> I, I do
2: like the idea that a Sinister Six could be like the Wonders of the World, where there's, like, the modern Sinister Six and the historical Sinister Six.
1: Isn't that just what they did on All-Stars 2 with the drag lip sync with the Queens yeah. of the World herstory? Yeah,
2: Yeah, there you go. Sinister Six versus the world. I like it. Yes. So when
0: we hit Blackbeard, uh, one of my notes that I took was, uh, "What in the Scooby Doo is going
2: on here?" Yes.
3: <laughs> oh my God. Yes.
2: Yes. It's one of the things I love about this show is it has very like old school cartoon vibes in a way that most Spider-Man sh- shows like don't. So um, it's it's pretty great. Well, it turns out that Parafino has created a robotic crew of history's most famous villains. We know this, but Peter Parker and Spider-Man don't. So, unaware that Parafino has returned, Peter is ridiculed by Jonah at the suggestion that Blackbeard the pirate was involved in the heist. He then begins to question himself, but then runs into an Old West cowboy, Jesse James. (laughs) So, he's like, maybe I did see Blackbeard. And Jesse James is robbing a bank. (laughs) After what they call a real Western showdown, which includes the wildest fucking poses I've ever seen on any cartoon... (laughs) In my life, Um, (laughs) Spider-Man ends up framed because, of course, nobody believes him that Jesse James, the historical cowboy, was robbing a bank. So pissed that now two of his villains haven't managed to kill Spider-Man, Parafino sends the Executioner of Paris to finish the task.
3: Of course. (laughs) Is this somebody I
2: should know, by the way? Is this like a famous executioner? The Executioner of Paris?
1: I guess I mean
3: I, I just rolled with it but I don't I don't know I don't, I'm going to google that and see if anything comes up Yeah. The only keep going I'll tell you. <laughs> the
0: thing my brain goes to is there was like a goosebumps book back in the day that was like Had
3: an Executioner's
0: level, but that would be way after this. I, so I have no idea. That's like my only kind of like connection tissue to that I, I mean
3: if you just google executioner of paris charles henry sanson does come up as <gasps> a famous execute a royal executioner of france during the reign of king louis the mm-hmm. 14th or no sorry 16th so i don't i don't huh. really know anything about french history so i, I guess that that's something wow
1: yeah, yeah. but wow. see executioner rolls off the tongue easier yeah, yeah, yes
0: of, of course, course. <laughs> I mean this is also the episode where they expect you to know blackbird's real name (laughs) blackbeard's real name because they like yeah peter knows that somehow just off the top of his head
3: (laughs) yeah Yeah. i literally only know that now because of like our flag means death that's
0: That's in my notes too i was
2: like everyone definitely knows this after watching our Our flag means death (laughs) right right I'm surprised the executioner of Paris's axe didn't has, have his initials on it as well.
0: Oh, my God. That's, yeah. Yeah, they, that's how they keep their weapons separated, guys. That's how they know. Yeah, yeah. you got to label them just right. like your
2: shirts in, in kindergarten, you know? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, Spider-Man does manage to best the executioner of Paris and discovers that the executioner is made of wax, which clues him into the fact that Parafino is back and trying to kill him. Uh, so he returns to the wax museum. He immobilizes Parafino's robots. Uh, I think this is when we learn they're robots. I don't think we knew that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Derek were they robots in the last one
3: no they were just like living wax. okay somehow. I
2: thought so I was a little yeah. confused at that yeah um but now they're yeah. robots I guess covered in wax um any ultimate but yeah, I know right yeah we, we can't afford magic wax anymore we just gotta like cover a skeleton <laughs> call it a day <laughs> it's like um, full
3: Terminator vibes here going on now oh actually. god <laughs> pretty much
2: <laughs> yeah I'm into it yeah, I'm into yeah.
3: it. It makes more sense. It makes I like the I like wax covered robots better than just magic wax. Oh, I say.
2: I- that's very on brand for you, but I have to disagree. I like the idea of magic wax. I do love the fact that that was a shock to Also, y'all, so me and the
0: episode being like, are they robots? Are they wax? What is going on here? I am so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you probably came here hoping for an answer, and we don't have it. <laughs> Personally, I was really? just
1: along for the ride.
3: yeah you kind of have to be (laughs) yeah
1: i just turned my brain off
2: well ultimately spider-man does defeat parafino basically just by throwing more wax at parafino than parafino can throw at him and having better aim Um, and the segment ultimately ends with jameson discovering that spider-man has delivered parafino and three of these dead robots uh, back to his office uh, complete with a little note
3: Funny thing about that one end scene is that Betty apparently like knew that there were like three robots and a tied up criminal just sitting in JJ's office and was just like chilling at her desk outside <laughs> of it. Like not even really paying attention. Cause she's like, uh, Jameson, those are, those are dummies. Like she knew what was going on. So it's funny that she's just been there. Like, I guess all morning, just like, yeah, wild that there's just like a tied up criminal in the office right next to me and just totally fine with that.
2: I love that for her.
0: Or she walked in, saw the robots, and was like, they don't pay me enough for this and just closed the door. I was like, I'll let I'll let Jonah find that.
1: Yeah, I mean she she lives in New York City and she works for J. Jonah Jameson. At this point, I think she just rolled her eyes and just sat at her desk waiting for him.
2: Yeah. And the opportunity to give him a little bit of hell back. I'm sure she's here mm-hmm. for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you have now consumed one segment of 1967 Spider Man. Tell us more, Kevin and Joel. Um <laughs> I, mean, I just want to
0: go through one of my notes. Like I just have to say this one. Uh, like Spider-Man's webs said, Fuck physics. I do what I want. <laughs> oh boy. <yes. laughs> and they and this towards the end of the episode, I just wrote webs truly can do anything. Uh-huh. You need a uh-huh. you need a lasso, oh, you need yeah. anything. They can just do whatever at any velocity, any
2: speed, have no regard for physics or anything. It's just wild. <laughs> not only can they be any shape, they also can make a net that is somehow not porous even
1: a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever he used the net as like a slingshot type weapon comeback, whatever the word would that be, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like, I just kind of was like, I was vibing. I was just sitting there watching. I was like, uh huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Of course. This is yeah. This totally makes sense of in the narrative. Okay. Like, I've never seen it before, and I was like, okay, I guess this is the world they live in. Like. Yep.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I do have a question for Doug and Derek. What is Parafino's beef with Spider Man? Like, what what happened? Why why does he not like Spider Man? Do we
3: know? He thwarted his plans in the first episode that he was in, I think is literally all it is. Okay. In pla-
2: was he just stealing stuff
3: with his wax people in the first one? He was,
2: Doug, do you remember? What, he was kidnapping people, wasn't he? Oh, kid, kid, why was he kidnapping people? I don't know. Probably to He'd steal kidnapped. stuff. <laughs>
3: yeah, I think it was just to steal stuff
2: ultimately. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. He did
3: kidnap Betty, but yeah. No, Spider-Man just thwarted his plans and threw him in jail, and now he's out. And Oh, his yeah. but
2: no, he, he no. Is. You know what he was doing? He was kidnapping people so that he could basically, uh, convince the public that they were wax statues and oh, bring people right. to his museum. So he would like, oh, he would god. basically kidnap and coat, uh, famous people in wax and then be like, look at my amazing wax sculptures while these people were just like alive and trapped in oh, the museum. Oh god! <laughs> and so the reason he crossed paths with Spider-Man was because he was going to put Spider-Man in his museum that's right yes yeah, see, wow. i just blacked
3: all of that out because that's like creepy serial killer shit,
0: so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> jesus that's
2: insane okay
0: that's that, that more context
2: <laughs> yes i knew that i had to have loved him for a reason other than he tried to steal shit so that i'm glad i remembered yeah. that <laughs> okay
0: that that explains something i do want to go back to one thing you put in your notes about the real western showdown and i I have my notes i was just like um one of us does not have pistols so this is not the same Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then when peter like whips the guns they like still fire and i was like what was the plan here Spider-Man? like what was what were you thinking just i don't it was then then the cop like comes and like tries to arrest Spider-Man, because that's the only one he sees. And he pulls his gun on Spider-Man, and Spider-Man webs him, and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? And it's like, you were going to shoot him. He stopped you.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. you This show, not afraid to have people try to shoot each other at (laughs) all. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, the show loves guns. Mm -hmm. It shows guns all over it. It's wild sometimes.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) One thing that happened in that same real Western showdown is... The like nastiest, wettest web I've ever seen (laughs) Spider-Man shoot. It was so gross. His web in the show somehow manages to be like instantly rigid and whatever shape he wants. And also just like the slimiest, drippiest substance known to man. Vile. (laughs) yes
0: it is and also like we've clearly not gotten to the point where we now have where there's like that noise that is so associated with (laughs) when webs come out so they just are random like clunks and thuds and it's like this is weird (laughs) like yeah yeah Yeah.
2: i much prefer a thwip to a spurt (laughs) yeah for sure for (laughs) sure
0: yeah well just like the impact noise too when it hits something i'm like jesus christ that sounds like it just slammed into it (laughs) We would be remiss if we didn't. So, you mentioned all the voice actors. Um, the choices made for Blackbeard in The Executioner, as far as like accents or attempts mm-hmm. at them, were uh, interesting to say the least.
3: <laughs> oh, you didn't <laughs> love The Executioner of Paris's like very manly oui. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my
0: god. Sacre bleu! Oh my gosh. I, no, no, I'm not gonna say I did. It was, it was just, (laughs) (laughs) I just was like, wow, okay, yep. Y'all got hired in an afternoon and we're like, I'm getting paid. I'm just gonna do this.
2: (laughs) It, it really is like a group of the same guys plus one woman named Peg, uh, who do the vast majority of the voices on this show and then a bunch of other shows. Like they're all cast on shows together. Makes
1: yeah. sense. I, I would love to see like a mockumentary style movie, like the Anchorman movie, but for these voice actors. Oh let's see my it. gosh,
2: that would actually be brilliant. <laughs> <It'd> be really
0: <laughs>
3: fun. I
0: like that idea a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Just them being like, "What does a pirate sound like?" Oh, I think it sounds like this. Okay, yeah, that works. Go, go for it.
2: <laughs> oh man, I do feel like they could have done so much with historical figures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know that Jesse James was was the most inspired choice, no. but I guess. I don't know. Maybe cowboys were cooler in the '60s.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, though yeah. they definitely were. I, I think I, I I get the choices, but yeah, I think I could see Parafino a Parafino episode being like a full length episode, not just like mm-hmm. you know, an eleven minute. I agree minute because. The first Parafino episode, like, tease, you know, even in this one, you saw, like, he had, like, wax sculptures of, like, the universal monsters, like, you know, mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster and Wolfman and Dracula, I think. And, like, in that episode, it was sort of like, why didn't he, like, do the wax monsters attack Spider-Man? Like, oh, yeah. It was so fun and easy. And guess what? Again, <laughs> they show him again, and they don't attack him again. Like, use mm-hmm. the fucking universal monsters that you have. <laughs> it's right there. Mm-hmm. It'll be so easy.
2: This just reminded me Derek that the specific attraction in his first episode was that he kidnapped a like th- like a, a like a, a murderer that was in the news at the moment who like escaped right. from prison. So like that right. was his main attraction you guys was this like weird murderer that everybody was talking about. Interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. Look at my famous wax sculpture of the murderer who is currently the hottest topic. <laughs> But yeah, I love that we got to see his museum again with all the monsters and stuff. I saw um, somebody online had sort of like made a panoramic version of it so you can see the whole thing at one time, which is really cool. It's such a fun setting, and it would be perfect for an episode that was more monster-centric or Halloween-themed or like a a Universal Monsters homage. It would be great.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So speaking of, like, Parafino's location, when Spider-Man goes in... He gets got by a trap door underneath his feet and he does not web sling. Oh. I'm like, Peter, you have webs, my dude. You could have gotten out of this. (laughs) He just drops and is like, well, I'll see what happens.
2: If there are two things that are not going to be consistent in a 67 and usually 80 show, it's webbing yeah. and his spider sense.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Because apparently it works on like locating pirates, but not when you throw a wooden club at
3: at him.
2: Like, yes. Yup. This is one of the episodes where it's radar, not an like a warning system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah
3: yeah no that's right he literally just gets like bombed in the head with a piece of wood that like a dude throws like it's like mm-hmm. you're spider-man your whole power is to be able to jump away from that stuff are you <laughs> kidding me
2: Ay. yeah yeah i like it because i like parafino um and i have the context that the two of you don't have
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, just imagine just being me the whole time sitting there going, who is this man? Why are you beefing with the wax maker? I don't understand Spider-Man.
2: I do very much appreciate that the two of you got to come on for... A pair of segments that do not feature classic Spider Man villains because sometimes this show does. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't sometimes, happen to do it when often. you two ended up here.
3: <laughs> not often, though.
2: Yeah. It's
3: not, it's like increasingly rarer. Yeah. I think as we're going along this season yep. that we see them. So it makes
0: sense. Like, I understand, like, we're still really early into Spider Man's history. Technically. Oh, yeah. So, like, I understand from a certain point, but, like, I feel 11 episodes into your first season, you should not have run out of plots for your villains. <laughs> <laughs> where you have to be making them up. You should be able to, like, still milk them, yeah.
3: But but still. yeah. <laughs> like, more power to them. We get creative <laughs> stories like wax robots mm-hmm. from history. And I'm so know.
2: glad we do. <laughs> well, any other stray thoughts about this first uh, segment here with Parafino, your new favorite villain? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to
0: comment on Peter's, or, like, the Spider-Man, Peter Parker voices because they are sure. oh, yeah. very... Distinct in how they both work. And it's just like, how are you the same guy? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he like all of a sudden he just puts a Spider-Man mask on and drops like three octaves. And it's just yeah. all of a sudden like a hard noir detective. But then he's like Peter Parker and he's like a little simp. It's just very funny to <laughs> me. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's, it is it is interesting because it's that, something that, that I know Doug and I ta- what, what mm-hmm. talked about when we first started watching the show because it's it's interesting to see it portrayed that way with such distinct voices because, like, most Spider-Man iterations after this don't do that. Yeah. Like, they don't have distinct Spider-Man, Peter Parker voices in the way that you see, like, with Batman and Bruce Wayne in yeah. those things. It's well.
2: only for jokes after this show. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it's just kind of funny that they just like kind of chose that, Mm -hmm. like, just collectively, everyone just decided, like, we're not going to do that, even though I think it's pretty effective in this show. Like, he really does sound like two different dudes. And I think it makes like it would make sense for him to change his voice a little bit. So it's Mm -hmm. funny that that didn't really become part of the main sort of Spider-Man, like canon, how he's portrayed, you know, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do have some Faces of the Episode (laughs) for the segment. Um, Boy, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, I picked out all three of these because I was just loving all of them. So most of the time, The Executioner Paris... He's just sort of portrayed with like eye slits, you know, and they don't really draw on his eyes. I think there's like maybe one or two times that they show his eyes. Mm -hmm. And in both cases, the 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 only times you see them, it's um, a lot. And my quote from it is those eyes, those horrible yellow (laughs) eyes, Uh, because it is like they're huge and yellow and uh, creepy in that mask. Yeah, Yeah.
2: (laughs) I like it. This is what I'm going to be for Halloween.
3: It's, I mean, yeah, no one would get the costume, but sure. What?
2: <laughs> I thought the Executioner of Paris was a famous historical figure, I've been told. They would
3: assume you are an ex- Executioner, that's true. They wouldn't yeah. get that you're referencing the 67 yeah. Spider-Man mm-hmm. cartoon version of the Executioner of Paris.
2: <laughs> do, do you think people would think I'm the Executioner from, like, Robin Hood? Isn't there one of these style Executioners in the Disney Robin Hood movie? Probably. Like, what would be the most... Know likely thought people had when they saw me dress like this like i wonder what the reference is for most people hmm
3: just just executioner in general yeah i, feel like I like
2: guess an, so
3: an, yeah yeah i just
2: assume everyone has a favorite you know favorite executioner
3: <laughs> yeah that is <laughs> a normal thing that normal people totally have for sure. very normal oh yeah <laughs> the other the other face i love right after spidey just very easily shuts down all of the robots that have been going after them all episode like they show blackbeard and jesse james um just like hunched over and like really sad because i guess they can't do anything like they just look so pathetic yeah (laughs) right here they've been shut down
2: i'd give them a hug
3: yeah they look sad Mm -hmm. it's like oh poor poor boys
2: i'm so glad you grabbed this next one derek because i had the exact same question
3: The hell. First, okay. The last one, when Parafino gets waxed to the wall, first of all, his face is, like, off the chain. Like, it's just so many lines. I don't understand what's going on. It's truly bizarre. It's, like, I I think they had, like, the one, like, still part of his head, and then they had the sort of, like, jaw part of his mouth that they were the only parts that they were animating. But they didn't, like, erase all the lines that they normally would, so it looks like he's, like, wearing a mask on top of his own face. (laughs) It's very weird. But... When I took that sc- that's why I, why I was initially getting a screenshot, was of his face. But then when I was taking it, I noticed that his body doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah. It
3: yeah. Doesn't make sense. He's like, just like, he looks like a pair of, wi- he looks like a head on a pair of wings. He's like, like, like a chicken
2: with it its wings out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <it's> so
3: weird. <laughs> it's so weird. A little bit. Yeah.
2: I was thinking the other day who you would cast in a live action role at, like who would be live action parafino and i i am at a complete loss i need some ideas
0: <laughs> i have one that popped into my head please and it's jackie earl haley the one that played Ooh. uh rorschach in the Watchmen film um, oh. also the freddy krueger in the reboot I think okay. he could play creepy kind of like, he's got that weird kind of angular face. He tends to play creeps. I think he could play this guy
2: very easily. <laughs> oh yeah. That is a really good one. <laughs> That's Damn. actually a
3: really good one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, fantastic.
1: Yeah. I've got one too. Did you want to play yes. more comedic? Matt Barry.
2: Yeah. Oh, well yeah. In anything. Uh, yes. Yeah. But in also anything, he would yeah. pull off this very well. This sort of like campy over the top, uh, yeah. <laughs> vibe. <laughs>
3: obsessed with his art yeah yeah oh Oh my god that's so good i mean yeah
2: both of you had those so quick you know
3: yeah those are both really good choices i'm into that yeah (laughs) nice nice cool well shall we move on to this second segment let's do it
2: sure Iconic villain number two.
3: Yeah, right? I I really like this villain. Me too!
2: I love all the 67 original villains. Every single (laughs) one of them, I love them.
3: So the second segment of this episode is entitled, Here Comes Trouble. Uh, Trouble spelled a little bit differently than you would expect it to be. Uh, The synopsis, per me, is a baddie recreates mythological Mm -hmm. foes to fight Spidey.
2: I see. (laughs) Thematic. Mm -hmm. You're a poet. (laughs)
3: I'm a poet. Yep.
2: The characters here are the aforementioned Miss Trouble, and of course, oh my god, I can't talk. And of course, because she is a woman, she is voiced by the only woman on staff, Peg Dixon, She's who deserves so- all the praise all the time yeah. for voicing every woman. She does a really good job. Yeah.
3: She does a great job. She's like incredible.
2: <laughs> there was an episode where she played like this old timey, like um. Like I, I wish I had a better term, but like bar wench in like an old western saloon. Wasn't that this show, Derek?
3: Yeah, this is the. She was one, I think. so good. <laughs> she was mm-hmm. incredible. There's and nothing she's she can't Aunt May, do.
2: Right? She's also Aunt May. Yep, she's Betty, yeah. Aunt May, and every other woman that's ever been on the show. Wow. Yes, yeah. she's incredible. I do um,
0: hate that I didn't get the pun of her name until about halfway through the episode, <laughs> and I was
2: so mad when I did. I was like, Oh my
0: god.
2: <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, she does have a number of like magical creatures that she summons or mythological creatures and, and characters that she summons. The one that I feel like is worth noting is Vulcan because he is voiced by her husband, Ed McNamara. Oh, cool. So It's cool whenever they get to play off each other or I guess mm-hmm. even in proximity to each other. So this segment starts with Spider-Man stopping a museum heist carried out by what appears to be a centaur and some very incredible animation of running
3: incredible and galloping <laughs> incredible question mark
2: and sneaking about sure. The
3: animation when he when he like kicks the pillar it's bad even for this show by the show's standards
0: Okay I was fine with the centaur. I was more concerned when he webs the vase perfectly back into the display case. I was like, I yeah. don't think that would have worked it that way. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, very
3: gently. <laughs> well, his webs are just literally just extended hands, basically. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> you thought he was giving a fuck you to physics in the last segment? <laughs> yeah. No. This oh, episode this takes one, the key. This yeah. One is wild. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. so when spider-man uses his webbing on the centaur however it disappears in a puff of smoke which is weird so what's the deal with the centaur it turns out there's a woman named miss trouble who's harassing jameson to get a column about greek mythology into the bugle she also likes stealing stuff from museums for reasons i think we kind of get clarity on later and also wants to kill spider-man dead because he keeps getting in the way of her trying to steal shit with her weird uh centaur uh constructs? I don't know if we ever get real answers I on don't. that. But no, we um, really don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic tale, you guys.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Tale as old as time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, luckily for him, Miss Trouble fails to kill Spider-Man with two more of her creations, a Cyclops, uh, which he fights at like a construction site, and the goddess Diana, which he fights right in front of her store, unbeknownst to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she summoned both of them from this magic box, so we get a little bit of insight into at least sort of how she's making them, um, both of whom poofed upon defeat. So whatever, whatever she's doing, uh, it's not very long-lasting. When the Daily Bugle crew discusses a recently stolen Cerberus statue, which I feel like they say Cerberus, which I've never heard in my life. Cerberus.
3: (laughs) It's
2: weird. And discuss (laughs) Miss Trouble's constant calling of the Daily Bugle, Peter investigates her bookstore, because he's like, huh, that seems relevant, and she seems like a nuisance, I guess. Um, (laughs) Finds out that this is coincidentally the site of his battle with Diana. So he pokes around, and he finds... Um, and takes a picture of the stolen Cerberus statue, Cerberus statue. Um, but then What a, she what a fun- power
3: move. What a power move to put a stolen statue. I know, right? Just like out in, public. In, yeah. in public, in your public bookstore. Like she's like, No one will ever know. I'm too good for this.
2: Yeah. I'm notices. Truly, no fucks given. <laughs> right? None Absolutely. whatsoever. Or. Her bookstore has such terrible business that she's not worried anybody will find it.
0: <laughs> she's definitely got weird comic book shop owner vibes. Like, Ooh,
2: <laughs> I like her even oh more now. <laughs> <laughs> but while Spider-Man is snooping around, Miss Trouble finds him and kicks him out. And there's an interesting conversation where he's like, I'm from the Daily Bugle and we want your column. And she's like, get out of here. I only want to talk to the guy in charge or whatever. He returns later that night to the bookstore, this time as Spider Man, and defeats a life sized Cerberus before being discovered by Trouble again. But, you know, of course, this time as Spider Man. So she unleashes the god Vulcan, god of fire in a bookstore, to imprison Spider Man. But Vulcan refuses to follow her orders and, shockingly, sets the whole bookstore on fire. (laughs) Whoops. So Spider-Man drags the magic box, which he did see her use, into the fire, which destroys Vulcan and any remaining traces of his magic or the box's magic, which for Spider-Man means, you know, a set of chains that Vulcan put on him. So Spider-Man is able to save Trouble. He returns the statue that he stole, tells the police what happened, and thwips off. And that is the end. Fun fact before we discuss it. So the book
3: that I reference a lot... When we go through these episodes, the um, Spider-Man on TV, a full-color episode guide to the Grant Grant Trey Lawrence Mm -hmm. animation series, book one, colon, the 1967 cartoon, shortest (laughs) title ever made for any book. Very brief. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There wasn't a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. There wasn't really much of anything of interest for the previous segment. For for this one, the main thing that I thought was interesting is they had a a snippet from a cut scene. There was actually an additional scene after the end. Like, Spider-Man flips off, and then they cut back to the Daily Bugle in the original script. Mm and. There's been a few instances of this show with like uh where it's like a recurring gag of Betty coming up with like a headline for Jameson that's like some kind of pun and like ninety percent of the time I feel like it's a conversation of like, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> this is a better version of it, though I feel like it would have taken me a couple of times if I heard it in audio. Uh but yeah, it's one James that's like I kick him with the right headline and Betty, uh th- according to the, the the directions says mischievously, How about Spider Man to Rescue as City suffers near myth? And Spidey's like, not bad. So like near miss yeah. that near <laughs> myth.
2: Is better than maybe all the other headlines. It is and it better was cut. than
3: yeah i think it was just cut for time probably is the only reason <laughs> that makes sense yeah hmm. but yeah we got another 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 betty pun headline which i agree it's one of the better ones out of the more nonsensical ones that we've heard in the
2: past mm-hmm. nice job betty
3: yeah yeah anyway
2: so parafino <laughs> or miss trouble <laughs> who you adapt in first I would go with Miss Trouble, honestly. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> yes. yeah! Because, so
0: the thing that kind of got lost in this, this box, they actually call it Pandora's Box, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you could do something with that. Like, that's some yeah. shit you could work with in, like, a movie. Um I will say, uh, being a nerd, I'm gonna poach my glasses up right now. Please, um, too. Diana and Vulcan are Roman gods, not Greek gods, and she Thank very specifically you. says Greek <laughs> at one point, and it's like, y'all are wrong! <laughs> um but uh i know i really i I like the idea of this character it is weird that she's constantly like this will ruin my plans and i'm like what exactly are you you just want an article right that's it that's it that's That's all you want like is there more
2: (laughs) go to another newspaper because it's (laughs) the 60s and everybody who's remotely bad steals stuff (laughs) i
0: mean you know i guess but still like it's just like I if you have this magic box like aim higher like you could do so much more.
3: <laughs> yeah, th- there is something really fascinating about trouble being like like I could see a version of this where it's just like a sorcerer or something like that doing all the same stuff she's mm-hmm. doing but the fact that like she's just a small business owner, she just owns a bookstore she's like a perfectly normal lady who i guess just happened to get her hands on pandora's box and like has enough knowledge from her books mm-hmm. to know how to use it like I, there is something really fascinating there about about that that it is just a regular person that i think makes her more interesting than if spider-man just faced a magic person yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. well
0: and i also like the, there's like they came up with like a mechanic that they forget about which is like she has the key the key is what <laughs> opens the box yada 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 uh but um, I do like the fact that, like, when she summons things, she like gets more increasing. Because at first, it's just like a mythological creature. You get, you know, a centaur, then you get the cyclops from like Odyssey, and then she's like, "Well, that's not working." So we're gonna start go with goddesses. We got a minor goddess here. Now we're gonna go to the big ones. Like, we're, like I would that idea that she is scaling up each time is kind
2: of fun. Well, um, yeah, and I think it speaks yeah. to what you were saying, Joel, about like with Pandora's box, like the fact that she's getting more and more ambitious, and Pandora's box is supposed to be unleashing this sort of like chaotic hell upon earth or whatever, or whatever take on it. Like, I think it sort of writes itself where she gets more and more ambitious. She feels like she can control this, like really chaotic magic. And it just totally backfires on her. We see that here a little bit, but you could do really, really cool stuff with it. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, The most, the most you get is Vulcan like hitting her in the fucking face. Like that (laughs) took me by surprise. Like, (laughs) yeah, that was just dude, just punched this lady in the face Mm -hmm. and kind of knocked her out and then burned her bookstore down. Like, good god
0: damn dude
1: <laughs> wild yeah
3: well,
0: okay speaking of vulcan can we talk about the fact that uh peter has the hots for vulcan because he's like who's your friend and i'm like oh peter <laughs> it's the only one you've
3: been interested in
1: <laughs> i mean aim high if you're gonna aim for something aim for
2: god yeah i mean, I mean yeah Iceman's yeah. not in this series so he needs somebody <laughs> oh yeah uh, true true.
3: vulcan can get it i i I, I see it (laughs) i see the appeal yeah hot literally
2: yeah in (laughs) every sense yeah
3: yeah do you all what okay what's your take on like what is she actually summoning is she summoning like an avatar of like these mythological creatures and gods or is she like are we saying that the that you know all myths are real in the Spider Man universe, and she is literally actually summoning a god right now? Like, what? Because it's not clear what she's actually yeah. doing. I feel like at all.
0: Well, if we go with it as like Pandora's box, maybe it is just uh, not illusions, but representations of like the evils that are inside of it. So she is sure. unleashing those, and because she is such like a mythological head, they are taking those forms. It's kind of mm. how we could go with it. Um, yeah, but I, I mean gods in marvel do exist so like you could kind of cut it either way i think
1: yeah i kind of thought of it like queen of fables from dc like how she summons manifestations of them it's not actually really them hence them disappearing in puffs of smoke because obviously Mm -hmm. it'd be a bit different so I, I, i thought of it sort of similar to queen of fables
3: that's a good call though that makes a lot of sense yeah i like that
2: with, like, a mild poltergeisty vibe to it, because all the tools they use seem to be, like, real and dangerous, which is, like, a fun little little uh, bit to it.
1: Yeah, it's like a glass cannon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, boy, they need some more HP, though, because, like, they just poof out immediately. <laughs> <like.
2: No. laughs> is it weird to say that she feels sort of like a magic version of Mysterio, and that she, like could just run a successful business and has the power to do really cool things, but like uses it to try to get a column and primarily works with like illusions.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think that fits for sure. I mean, I feel like both of the villains in this episode are sort of like Mysterio adjacent in a way, Ooh, like both her yeah. and Serafino, you know, like they're sort of like two sides of the same coin.
2: That's true. With that like the wax statues are kind of, kind of like the special yeah. effects robots and stuff.
1: Yeah. Right, when, right. Um, yeah, whenever I first started the first segment, um I actually thought Mysterio was gonna be the villain when I saw Blackbeard. I was like, oh, Mysterio must sure. be up to something. Yeah. So that tracks. I could see that.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: Or, or or Mysterio's just sitting somewhere and looks at the paper and he's like, What the hell are these people doing? They're stealing my gig. <laughs> God that totally happened to him.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: He's, like, slapping his dome head, like, why didn't I think of Blackbeard? (laughs) God, Greek mythology, too. Jeez. Oh, genius.
2: (laughs) What am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Uh, See, this is why I love these characters, because I feel like they kind of have, like, these weird, very specific powers and motivations that feel like... Sort of the older, like, oldest wave of iconic Spider-Man villains, like Mysterio, who is a special effects artist who is spurned and uses his incredible talent that would otherwise make him very successful to, like, humiliate (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah
0: right <laughs> there's definitely like that kernel of what makes a good villain it's just like some of these are a little half-baked
2: like you just yes. need like
0: a little bit more
2: time in the oven and they would be yeah. really good to go yeah uh,
3: yeah for that's sure. why i
2: want like modern adaptations and comics by the right people, you know what I mean? Somebody who yeah. could really like take it and twist it in a way that's like, "Oh, you're compelling and a little bit unsettling because your powers are so weird." Or in her case, like <laughs> uh you could do some really weird fantastical stuff that maybe even sort of intersects with the actual deity sort of uh parts of the Marvel universe.
0: Yeah. I will I, can I tell you the crappy version of this that would likely happen though if they put her in a comic? Because uh, she's an older woman. They're oh, definitely no. going to make this about her wanting to be young again type thing. Oh, God. That, yeah. That's absolutely the <laughs> route they will take. They won't leave her as an old woman because, like, uh, they're dumb and think that yeah. you have to appeal to boys. And, like, I think she'd be fine, perfectly cool if she is kind of, like, almost an Agatha Harkness, who they're de-aging in the comics right now, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah.
3: No. Really? Come on. Yeah.
0: That's yeah, the no, WandaVision effect, isn't uh, it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, there's a new comic coming out where, uh, Agatha Harkness is, uh, young-ish looking. Okay.
2: Well, then <laughs> so, there's yeah. space for this Miss Trouble, I would yes. argue. <laughs> she needs a better name. She needs a better name. Like,
0: <laughs> we'll workshop that part. But yeah, like, yeah. there's, there's something here. And like, I, like, she has enough going for her that you could, like, spin her into, like, a Thor book or into, like, a Hercules book. Like, there are places oh. you could take this.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, like, that would be fun. Yeah.
3: She like tries to, you know, summon another god or something and then accidentally summons like the real Thor or like the <laughs> real Loki or something. And yeah. then they're like bound to her or something and, and have to deal with that. <gasps>
2: yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love what we're doing here. I do too. I
0: did get vibes when, like, towards the end when things are starting to unravel, like, in the performance, it gave me a little bit of Cruella de Vil, like, towards the end of, like, 101 Dalmatians, just how wild she gets, because she gets more <laughs> yeah. unkempt.
3: Like, mm-hmm. I just kind of love that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I like that, too. Yeah, there's definitely, like, kind of old, older Disney villain vibes. Like, there's, yeah. like, you know, Wicked Stepmother, Cruella de Vil kind of mm-hmm. vibes and how they're portraying her, I feel like. Um, I mean, it was the time, right? Like it was this was the '60s, so that stuff wasn't that far, far of, from that. So yeah, so I, I can definitely see that.
0: Also, can we say she's got a great color scheme? Like she anytime does. you de- you deck a character out in all purple, it's like,
2: yes, this is yeah, mwah, works. <laughs> it's a classic yes. Spidey villain color, you know. Yeah, Give him exactly. an intermediate mm-hmm. color, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> um, do y'all know if like for Cerberus? or cerberus you know because they draw him with like you know the three dog heads and then almost kind of a lizard body yeah is that something that's like from because i mean i feel like you know all the interpretations i always see is that he's just a big dog or sometimes he's kind of like demonic uh, or something but like is the lizard body thing like is that from like history I, at all
0: I, apparently so looking at the wikipedia for cerberus yeah he was the offspring of the monster monsters echidna and typhon and was usually described as having three heads a serpent for a tail and snakes protruding from multiple parts of his body
2: that's wild i'd heard of the snake tail i had no idea that he had like that there were snakes all over it That's yeah. so much
3: cooler than the usual designs that I feel like you see of Cerberus, like, in most things. Like, that's so much cooler yeah. than just a dog with three heads. Like, that, that rules.
0: <laughs> yeah, but sometimes sometimes it's good to just have the basic, like, dog with three heads. I'm thinking of the one in Hades because it's
2: very good. I do love <laughs> <Sure>. Cerberus in <laughs> Hades. Sure.
3: That's fair. That is fair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that was new to me. Um, yeah, I, so I was like, I learned that's something today. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and then, like, calling it Cerberus, I was like, um... Yeah. <laughs> that threw me off.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I uh, like it. Yeah. I think, once again, we have a villain with much potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. My only other note that I had is that I did think it was funny hearing Spider-Man, like, say, Cyclops a bunch in a Marvel <laughs> show.
0: I know, right? <laughs> God. Well, if this was, like, a modern-day thing, he definitely would have referenced scott Mm -hmm. at some point (laughs) it would be
3: absolutely (laughs) for sure
0: (laughs) there would be some joke about him being like this feels like i'm being mean to mutants in some way
3: (laughs) (laughs) well i just pull out one face of the episode for this one and i think it is miss trouble's Correct reaction to all of those books being set on fire.
2: (laughs) It hurts so bad. Uh It's so
3: sad. The books didn't do anything wrong.
2: (laughs) She's really pretty. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of yeah. getting a good look at her. She's, she's very pretty.
3: pretty. Well, <laughs> her in her this shot,
0: yeah. In this shot, yes. Normally, the other time she's drawn like almost like an Ant may kind of like they just had that design. They were like, well, just color her purple. She'll be fine. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually very true. <laughs> <laughs> um,. I
0: am sad you didn't get the shot of her on the stretcher afterwards oh, cuz oh, oh, she is like weird <laughs> she's weirdly we misshapen it. on that too she's like squat like in the same way that they like weirdly had a weird body for paraffino she is like squat <laughs> and like
2: has just like lines for eyes and like a weird mouth it's very weird looking oh my god like
3: I'll definitely pull that <laughs> Spider-Man is just
2: leaving villain villains like absolutely demolished in his wake
3: she did get hit in the face by the god of fire. To be fair, so like probably did some damage.
2: <laughs> A god of fire who explodes at the lightest touch of touch. So, yeah. she could have just like <laughs> tapped
0: him. Like,
3: why didn't you pop him in the head? Like, he would have been
2: gone. <laughs> Amazing! Oh
3: my god, this show's fun, right? What did y'all? What do y'all yeah. think? What's your general? What's your general thoughts on this, this wacky, weird, wild show?
1: It, it's very much a product of its time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it gave me Scooby-Doo vibes as mentioned. Um,
3: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's just so interesting that like they even so early on try to deviate from using the established villains. Um, and you know, I actually did some research of the show before coming on tonight and like, Ooh. not much. It was like reading the Wikipedia article, you know, it's like the equivalent <laughs> of like a college freshman researching for a paper. Um, but <laughs> you know, I thought it was so interesting cause it does talk about like how later on they do end up, you know, not using the comic book villains and they even start reusing animation from other TV series. So was oh, like, yeah. So Oh yeah. After all that, I was like, Oh, okay. This must, not, this must be like a late season episode. And like, then Joel and I were talking about this on discord earlier and he was like, no, no, this is season one. And I was like, Oh, then what, did they, why did they do that? <laughs> so, but,
2: <laughs> then why did they do this? Great question.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was interesting getting to check this out though and getting to see it. So it was definitely a different take on Spider-Man than what I'm used to.
0: Yeah it, I think that's the fun thing about looking at this specifically, because it's so early in the Spider-Man history that a lot of the things that have now solidified and are like, you have to have in things are not there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's J. Jonah Jameson, which is like a mainstay. Obviously, like we have kind of the like wimpy Peter Parker side, but like they are able to kind of just do whatever and see what sticks. Um, obviously, sadly, these have not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, but because, like, I mean, I think if you even shift this, like, a decade or two later on down the line, these characters would not be in it because they would not be able to have toys. They would not sell. So you would not have them in an episode. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think it's really fun kind of getting to see, like we said, from a different era, a different time before things were, like, as, like, solidified in cultural context as they are now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: oh,
3: yeah. Very well said. Well, I think that about... Uh, that about sums it up then i think that's a good a good note to end on um thanks so much for being on with us you guys uh, i hope you enjoyed yeah. checking this show out um <laughs> if for sure <laughs> hope, mm-hmm. i hope you didn't inflict too much psychic damage on you
1: <laughs> nah uh, nah <laughs> you're good
3: if uh, if listeners want to find more from the both of you where can they find y'all online and everything you're working on
1: I mean, you can find me on Twitter at t 3 um, If you want to follow me on my own personal timeline. Uh, Joel, where can they find you?
0: You can find me online uh, on most social media at ThespisPunk.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can also find both of us uh, every Friday, typically, depending on the week. <laughs> um, yeah. we have our own podcast, "May the Power Protect You," a Power Rangers podcast for everyone, basically, um, where we do episode recaps, comic reviews, toy news, general reactions. Um, it's a lot of fun, you know. We we definitely, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And we've had Derek on, uh, and yeah. we need, now we need to have Doug on. So, Doug, you've got to come on now so we can talk to you. All right. <laughs> You're Power Rangers. I will.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can find it on Twitter at MayThePowerPod. Um, it is also on most streaming websites and platforms. Um, hmm. And you can also find us um, via email at MayThePowerPod at com. Yep. Awesome.
3: Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I did just notice this episode comes out. Right before Halloween, roughly. Last Ooh. Halloween. So I have a joke for you. I have Ooh, a joke okay. for
2: you, Doug. Mm-hmm.
3: What is a vampire's worst fear?
2: I don't know. Tooth decay. <laughs> Relatable. Oh. Relatable. Relatable. Okay, well I have
3: another one to make you feel better. I have another one to make you feel better. Okay. What's the scariest plant?
2: Uh I, I don't know what is the scariest plant
3: <laughs> bamboo
2: <laughs> it does grow at an alarming rate
3: it does it does very good thank you um thank our patrons you'll know what that means next week <laughs> or <maybe laughs> I just revealed it um i can't take credit for that <laughs> speaking of patrons you know what you can do uh-huh. you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash snappers. That uh, has a bunch of bonus content. So if you want to listen to any episodes about uh, comics, movies, games, and other stuff that maybe not even Spider-Man related, we've got over 100 episodes of uh, bonus content there on that Patreon. So you can check that out for as little as $1 a month. And if you'd like to chat with us and talk to other listeners, we do have a Discord. There's a link to it on our show notes. I know, Doug, recently you started doing live watches uh, with people in the Discord, right?
2: yeah my first watch of these episodes actually uh this week's episodes that we talked about and next week's i watched in the discord and we had some folks join us uh which was a lot of fun. It was very cool to to um to have like a like a group watching yeah. together
3: yeah yeah it's i mean we get it's it's always fun to see people's first reactions to this show especially <laughs> oh so yes it was fun getting some other some other uh, thoughts and stuff people being like He's. Try- Why is he using his web as a hand mm-hmm. again? <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe I'll do the original Parafino episode for the next batch.
3: Ooh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if they'd like to, if anyone listening wants to uh, see what you're up to, Doug, where's the best place they can find you?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you can find me in the, in, in the watch along oh, channel on our Discord. Ball, there you go. <laughs> um, but also you can find me on Twitter at Icky I C K Y B O O L E Y. Uh, you can also find me on a podcast here on the Raider Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast. Um, and, uh, it's, it's new game season, baby. So we are talking Scarlet and Violet, uh, basically. <laughs> probably for the rest of the year i don't know we'll see um but i'm excited so check that out if you like pokemon and if you like books and video games you can listen to me on a podcast called novel gaming that i do with my friends katie and vicky uh, where we talk about all the media we have been consuming lately what about you derek Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the
3: high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest for every episode. Kevin and Joel have both been on that podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So you can check that out. Anywhere you get your podcasts, you can also find it on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. Doug and I also have a monthly podcast that we do together called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon. We're watching every Pixar film chronologically and rapidly approaching the end of that <laughs> podcast on a regular I know. basis. I I'm like
2: panicking. I know. It's our, weird. Our, it's very weird. Finishing you're listen- a podcast? Yeah. What?
3: I mean, sort it's not of. Technically like, finished, but. There will always be Pixar movies coming out. Right. Basically, there's our no episode more on-
2: mission to fulfill.
3: Exactly. Our episode on Turning Red is out now. And if you know Pixar, that's the second to last movie that literally <laughs> exists. So, like, we're almost done with it. By next month, we're going to have done our. "Quote unquote" final episode. We're gonna, you know, every we're gonna do yeah. it every time a, a new movie comes out. Of and course, I'm, we've got plenty of other potential and maybe ideas, but
2: even more,
3: right? But as far as regular episodes go, you don't want to miss it. Our episode on Turning Red is great. I'm sure our episode on Lightyear is going to be great too. So definitely check out that podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, if you'd also uh, like to just find a full archive of everything we're doing, you can visit our website, wallopingwebsnappers.com. It's got Falling with Style episodes and all of our Walloping Web Snappers episodes. So if you missed out on like like our original coverage of the first half of uh, the 67 shows first season, you can very easily just look up all of the 67 episodes on that website and just catch up with all of them. I think they're all really good. Yeah. So, yeah, so check that out. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WallopingWebPod, and you can email us at WallopingWebSnappersPodcast at gmail.com. And if you have the ability to rate, view, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use, please do that because the more ratings and reviews we get, the uh, theoretically, the easier it is for people to find us uh, on whatever the platforms they're using. Next week, Spidey is facing an invisible villain, and also like a pretty racist one one that i wish were
2: invisible and maybe just didn't exist
3: (laughs) yeah in the episode spider-man meets dr noah body and the fantastic faker it is pronounced faker in that one
2: they they do pronounce it Fakir. i don't know if the oh good question i don't know what the episode says i'm blanking
3: now we've both seen it and i already forgot i mean it's unfortunate it's you know
2: spoiler alert that part's bad
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty bad (laughs) see you
2: then bye
3: At first, I think I'm seeing things. But there's one thing I can't see. The man who's out to kill me. Don't dare miss my fantastic fight against an invisible
2: enemy.
1: Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can
2: into well any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out! Here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there! There goes the
1: Spiderman. In the chill of night. The scene of a crime, like a street of lights, he arrives just in
2: time, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, welcome fame, he's ignored, action is his reward to him, life is a great big bang wherever there's a hang you'll find the Spider-Man,
0: now I want to watch the first Parafino episode so I can understand what the hell is going on. <laughs> yes. yeah.